I want me some glory hope. Welcome to the Football Glory Hole Podcast. With us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spreaker, SoundCloud, or on iHeartRadio, we thank each and every Glory Hole Seeker for tuning in this week. I am your host, Bo Savis, and I'm joined as always here on the sports patio by my good buddy Longhorn. Longhorn, what's up, buddy? All right, all right. Woo, Bo Savis, here we go. Well, buddy. We fucked ourselves right in the ass last Sunday, my by not taking the <laughs> the easy layup shit and going for the gusto, and it had me thinking. Kind of reminds me of those times, you know. At least, <laughs> at least when you're a ladies' man like your old pal Longhorn, when you <laughs> when you meet a couple of chicks and it's just you by yourself. And uh, the one that's like a six, maybe a seven, you know, she's giving you those come fuck me eyes, but you want to shoot your shot with that perfect 10. And of course, we ended up at home alone in the dark, <laughs> choking our chicken with no easy ass from the layup and no units picked up on Sunday. So lesson learned, always, always take the easy wins in the NFL and always bang the easy ass at the bar. Now, whether you are here for the funny, it's a quest for fun. I'm going to have fun and you're going to have fun. We're all going to have so much fucking fun when we need plastic surgery to remove our goddamn smiles. You'll be whistling symphony doodah out of your assholes. Or you are here for the money. Anybody tells you money's the root of all evil, doesn't fucking have any. They say money can't buy happiness, look at the fucking smile on my face. Ear to ear, baby. Two questions for you people. Do you like football? What a stupid question that is. What a stupid question. You ask a lot of stupid questions. What a stupid son of a bitch. My apologies, Mr. President. I will do better. Do you like money? I'm a big fan of money. I like it. I use it. I have a little. I keep it in a jar on top of my refrigerator. I'd like to put more in that jar. That's where you come in. That's right, Adam Center. That's exactly where we come in. And we have weekly, monthly, and yearly packages to fit your needs. Go to our website, thefootballgloryhole.com, and hit us up with those free picks, premium picks, and betting strategies so you can bet football the right way, the winning way, the football glory hole way. Y'all know the drill by now. We will make you laugh. <laughs> We will make you cringe. Holy Santa Claus shit. But most of all, baby, we'll make you a shit ton of money. Woo! 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 Ow! Love that money! Now, with all that business out of the way, welcome, welcome to the world's number one football capping podcast. Bo Cephas, as always, right here on the sports patio, we got the TVs glowing. We got the beer heavily flowing tonight, and right now it is everybody's unfortunate favorite part of the show. My friend, tell the people all about your horrible, freaking disgusting, hell beer choice of the week. Well, thank you very much there, sir. Tonight I am drinking an El Vaquero. 
by <laughs> okay. Hop and Sting Brewery uh-huh. in Grapevine, Texas. It got mm. two and a half out of five stars on my beer app. As you can guess by that math, it's an average beer. And of course, Longhorn, everyone knows that El Vaquero means fighting chicken in English. And it's very mm. apropos this week because we had some birds win us some money last week in college. And uh, speaking of Mexican cocks, Longhorn, the rumor on the street is that you mm. are hot and heavy for a new brown fellow. So why don't you tell us all about your new uh, caballero there? No, 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 no. Everybody, no, no. It's, it's, <laughs> it's the, you, you got to confuse. It's not the brown fellas. It's the brown hair ladies. Okay. I can see where you got that mixed up. No brown fellas, many brown, la- brown hair ladies. That'll work just fine. All right, boys and girls, we're going to get the podcast. We're the good, the bad, and the hard. Fucking kidding me. And we're going to go over every, and I mean every goddamn game all in the air tonight and give out all those wins and of course of fucking course we're gonna get you paid with those free picks we've been fucking rolling on that but first we gotta get paid and to do that here is this week's sponsor this week's podcast is sponsored by accept that health insurance are you tired of shitty health insurance that doesn't cover anything? Well, if you're ready for a change, you need to give our friends at Accept That Health Insurance a call. Accept That Health Insurance is an all-inclusive health insurance that covers every possible medical condition imaginable with zero deductible and zero copay. And I know what you're thinking. This is way too good to be true, right? Well, kind of. Except that health insurance covers everything except all major minor surgeries. I mean, even fucking stitches. They don't cover that shit either. All female doctor shit, boobs, vag, the whole fucking nine. Any male doctor shit. Even that prick that makes a living putting his finger up your ass after you turn 40. The flu, asthma, COPD, bronchitis, emphysema, cystic fibrosis, whatever the fuck that is. The only thing they actually do cover is the common cold. Psych! They don't cover that shit either. Except that health insurance is actually just as shitty as your current insurance company, but hey... They pay us to read this bullshit, so fucking pay me! Except that health insurance. We cover everything. Except for that, you schmucks! Jesus Christ, Longhorn, I gotta tell you, that except that health insurance, um, yeah, it does sound as shitty as all of our health insurance always fucking is, and despite, you know, the president's claim that we beat pharma! Beat all that bullshit that he fucking was screaming, uh, we haven't beat anybody, we suck, Health insurance sucks. The whole goddamn industry sucks. And um, although we do sponsor these people, obviously, yeah, I mean, we're whores for money. We'll fucking take money from anybody. Just send us your fucking ad. We'll read it. Who gives a shit? I mean, Joe Biden himself could record a spot, and I'm pretty sure if he was paying, we would <laughs> we would play it because we are the dirtiest whores in the business, baby. <laughs> And now it's time for the good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, that's just fucking great. That's just fucking great. The bad. This is bad. This is bad. Well, that's fucking not good. And the are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? God damn it. Are you fucking with me? Alright, boys and girls, and as always, we start off with the good, and the good last week was fucking us, baby. Six and four on the week. That's another 60% to hit your fucking bankroll there, kid. 
14 and 7 on the year, and we just want to keep fucking stacking these units week after week and just roll on, baby. Yeah, we were we were definitely good in college. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of that, uh, the bad, uh, we yeah. had we gave out Arizona plus six to the clients. Uh, that was never a game. The circus midget looked overmatched and overwhelmed. They couldn't run the ball. They fumbled three times, and they recovered them all. So, honestly, it could have been a lot worse than it was. And Patrick Mahomes mm. went full Patrick Mahomes. He threw for over 350 yards, five touchdowns, and a near flawless QBR of 94.1, the yeah. highest in the league last year. But yet, somehow, PFF said he was, like, one incompletion above average. So, I don't know how that works out, but either way, Arizona really fucking kicked us in the balls. Well, I guess everybody's due for a bad week, including PFF. Uh, We certainly have (laughs) one, and here's the deal. uh, Just to make this real quick, because we don't like to draw this part out, but I went back and listened to our podcast from last week, where we previewed, just like we're doing right now, the upcoming week, on the leans for the entire slate, it was 9-4. and including two extra under picks that that had nothing to do with this side so if you if you're not our premium clients which apologies to y'all we left a lot of wins on the table but if you just listened to the podcast last week you fucking cleaned up to the tune of 11 and 4 and uh yeah sorry premium clients let's uh we'll get you back this week because that was uh like i said in the opening we uh we fucked it off we fucked it off we surely did but speaking of fucking it off uh, this week's Are You Fucking Kidding Me <laughs> of the week belongs to Denver. Those Broncos, minus six and a half. Now, uh, we had that in one of our super contests. Now, Denver did play like shit early, which honestly I did expect. Uh, you know, Russell Wilson coming back. First time at home, a lot of emotion. The crowd booed him, of course. Those fucking <laughs> people in Seattle. But Seattle scored 17 points in the first half. But then also, as I expected, Denver took control. In the second half, Seattle gained a total of 44 yards and never crossed the 50-yard line and obviously scored zero points. However, (laughs) Denver had three red zone trips, all Longhorn inside the 10 in the second half. They kicked one field goal, and then they fumbled twice on the one goddamn yard line. Twice. Oh, yeah. Blowing any chance that we had at the cover, and then finally fucking us squarely in the ass, and then the icing on the cake is that the coach said at the end of the game, if you watch it all the way to the end, they got to the line that they were trying to get to. That was their whole plan. For a 64-yard <laughs> field goal. So no doubt the new uh-huh. Broncos coach is a Democrat because only they can lie with that <laughs> level of fucking absurdity and conviction all at the same time. Yeah. Well, Denver Denver is a left-leaning town, so it's, it would not surprise me at all. But <laughs> you did say if you were still watching, I... Was definitely not. I was already uh, home alone in the dark, choking my chicken and just counting all <laughs> counting all the losses that we the, that we racked up. So. <laughs>
Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. It's time! Oh my god! Okay, it's happening! Stay what? what do you think is happening right now? What's happening over here? Excuse me, what is happening here? What is happening? What the fuck just happened? Oh, you know what's happening. It's time for all those wins coming in the air tonight, baby! Boys and girls, it is time to go over all those NFL games in the air tonight. And I'm going to preface this with a stat that we uncovered last year, and it is the stat of the week this year because since 2014, 60.7 teams that lose by double digits in week one go on to cover the spread in week two, and 46.4% of those teams Went outright, so that is a tune of 38, 24, and 1 ATS, and 29 and 34 straight up since 2014. So that will be a theme throughout the podcast. And we're going to start up in Cleveland with those goddamn Browns are minus 6.5 hosting the New York J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets! And yes, the Jets were obviously one of those double-digit lost teams in Week 1. Yeah, and listen, uh, the box score from last week with the Jets and the uh, Ravens, it heavily leaned towards the Jets. um, But if you kind of watched that game and tracked as it was was going, it really kind of felt more like Baltimore was kind of playing with its food a little bit and and just knew it could get out of there with the... um, with the double-digit win, which they eventually did. Uh, But I will say that the Jets did stop the Baltimore run game last week. And like I said on the podcast last week, the Jets do have some some fucking grown-ass men over there on defense to match up with some of this physicality. of of They're going to lose a lot of games, most of their games this year, but it's not going to be because you're just going to fucking blow them off the the line, specifically on defense. Um with all that said, you got two shitty quarterbacks, and one is getting six, six and a half points. So give me those points in a low-scoring expected game. It's too easy or too hard to pass that up. You got the Jets coming off a loss, the Browns coming off a win that they could have lost. So everything points to the Jets to me catching those points. What do you got? Yeah, absolutely. The Jets. I mean, start off their as they always do. They're going to start off in the top ten DVOA against the run. That they one thing that this Jets team has done consistently, and is the only well two things. One, they lose. Two, you can't run the ball over. And if Cleveland can't run the ball, they're fucking dead. They ran all over fucking uh, Carolina pretty much the whole game, and even to the end to make it to where it happened a situation where Carolina did have a field goal to win that game as bad as Baker played. And as bad as they look, they still could have, and you could say should have won, but they didn't. And, yeah, they're not going to be able to do that against New York, and it, then you're just left with Jacoby Brissett, which Longhorn, I don't know if you remember his numbers last week, but they were fucking horrendous, as they always are. 
He's not a good quarterback. He's never been a good quarterback. He's not going to ever be a good quarterback. And you can say whatever you want to about Joe Flacco and the same thing. And they're going up against good Cleveland defense. It's the only thing that scares me about this pick. Uh, I hope that it gets to seven. However, it was six and a half when we started the summer. It's six and a half right now. So that game has not moved one fucking inch. Which goes to show you, though, whatever you thought of him coming in, nothing has changed even with the quarterback change that were both unexpected. Well, one of them definitely unexpected. The other one kind of expected. So maybe you say it's kind of a downgrade. But as I see the market moving right now, it's actually down to six at several books. Probably not going to get to seven. So if you like those jets like we do, you better grab it right now at the six and a half. All right. All right, moving on. Those New Orleans Saints. Woo, man. They pulled out a fucking miracle on Sunday, and uh, mm-hmm. this week they are two and a half point home dogs. Those top of Brady Buccaneers. That's right, and this is definitely the Danger Zone game of the week. Um, that I'm, I'm picking New Orleans to win this game. They always beat Tom Brady in this building. I don't really expect anything differently in this game. This is probably the worst version of Tampa. At least we think so. It's only been one week, so it's hard to sell, hard to tell. But he's been there. Two, uh, is this his third year in Tampa? Or, yeah. So so the two previous years, he went. He won the Super Bowl and went to the. You know, it was one play away from, um, you know, going to another one, basically. Uh, I don't think this Tampa Bay team is that same. So, they're, in my opinion, they're just, a, they're just a notch less than they have been in the past. And, like I said, New Orleans beats them here when they're at their best. Uh, Tampa Bay's offensive line, it's got struggles in the middle. New Orleans' defense is, it's, it's legit. It, it's a legit defense, and they should give him fits up the middle like they always do. Um, the Saints kind of woke up last week eventually and, and showed what they can do on offense with the return of Michael Thomas. They draft picked uh, Olave. That's really opened up what you know this offense and what Jameis should be able to spread the ball around and really um, put up some, some good numbers uh, like he did in the second half last week. So just, just bottom line, they always beat them here. I think New Orleans is a, tick, is a tick better. I think Tampa's a tick worse. So, of course, I'm picking New Orleans to win this game. Yeah, I'm not going to argue with you. Uh, usually, you know, you have to twist my arm into the point of, fuck, what a crack in my arm like the Liberty Bell, Peppy. Usually <laughs> I'm Ricky Bobby about uh, Tom Brady, and I was last week and picking them against the Cows. But uh, I can't argue with you. Tom hasn't beat them in four tries in the regular season. Obviously, he did beat them the one time in the playoffs. You know, when it really fucking matters, that's what Tom Brady does. However, oh, yeah. if you look at the preseason look look ahead line, this is Tampa Bay plus four. Now it's two and a half. I'm sorry, Tampa Bay, excuse me, minus four. Now it's minus two and a half. It's moved a point and a half, and I think it's completely justified with the fact that we saw Jameis. Uh, no, he wasn't great, but overall efficient. And like you said, their offense did start to come around. And I was actually at the Tampa Bay-Dallas game. We'll get to that a little bit later, but... Uh, for anybody that thinks that Tom Brady's fell off or he's lost his fastball, I can promise you, <laughs> being there in person and watching uh, him throw juxtaposed to Dak, 
He hasn't lost a goddamn thing. That dude was winging the ball all over the fucking yard. However, the health of his receivers, not only his offensive line, but his receivers is a problem. Now, Mike Evans was out there most of the time. However, uh, Godwin caught, like, the first pass of the game and went for, like, 30 yards or whatever. And then I never saw him on the field again. I saw Julio very, very sparingly. He was basically like a third-down sub-receiver is how they were using I was paying very close attention to how they were using him. And he was basically a third-down sub-receiver. And, yes, he was on the outside, and they did work to get him one-on-one matchups. He did catch the one long ball. But as soon as he caught the 40-yard bomb, which Tom just winged that shit out there. It was amazing to see it. Uh, he literally came up lame instantly. And he didn't come back in for, like, another half a quarter. So, you know, basically you're looking at Mike Evans and a bunch of dudes. And like you said, the offensive line absolutely is a problem. Even as even as great as Tom Brady is at getting rid of the ball and avoiding sacks, I believe he was sacked like six times mm. versus that Dallas defense, which, by the way, boys and girls, that ain't just smoking mirrors and that ain't just Diggs intercepting balls, uh, which Diggs himself made a huge big boy play to, to save a touchdown on a great throw by Tom. He did get beat on the one touchdown. Uh, it was right in front of me. I was literally sitting right there over that end zone when uh, Evans caught that ball. That was just, you're not going to, I don't give a fuck who you are. Deion Sanders, and you, name a corner right. Nobody's stopping that pass. It was insane. It was a great ball placement. It's a great receiver. There's really nothing Diggs could do about that. So, but overall, man, his guys were having trouble. I mean, there, there was a couple of, couple of, you know, times where Tom schemed it up and they did get open, especially in the middle of the field. But man, they struggled so fucking hard in the red zone because, again, that is the point where the defense can really pinch in and send some pressure and get to you quickly. And if you don't have people breaking open quickly, which Tom did in the entire game, if you look at their biggest completions, and, again, I was there watching it live, kind of seeing the All-22 live, it took a long while for those routes to develop and those guys to work their way open and Tom to fire them the ball. It's not his style. It's not what he likes to do. However, he's being forced to do it. And if uh, Leonard Fournette didn't just crush the Cowboys on the running game, that game could have been a little bit different, even as badly as Dallas was and inept as they were offensively. So, yeah, I've got no way to lean except for the Saints on that one. How about that Taysom Hill tight end, huh? Yeah, my boy is making plays out there. Hey, man, he finally found his fucking. You know what? Yeah, he finally gave up his pride. He's like, hey, I, I'm just a football player. Let me go play football. And he's pretty goddamn good at playing football. He's terrible yeah. at playing quarterback, but he's yep. a good football player. All right, all right. Moving on, those New York stupid ass football giants. Uh, mm. Fuck, I hate them. Minus two hosting those Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I don't like them either, but this is the easiest fade of the week. And as a matter of fact, hit that sounder, baby boy, because Carolina is going to come in here and win this game. Um, they are the underdogs, right? Did I get that right? Come on. Yes, sir. Okay, just making sure, make sure I didn't fuck up the sounder. Um, yeah, Giants, they basically had two plays last week against Tennessee that won it for them. And um, look, Carolina was got awful last week for a half and fought their way back a little bit and made it actually took the lead and it took a long field goal for them to lose that game. Um, you know, no, it took a dumbass of, coaching decision for them to lose a, that and game, that for being honest. And that. So um, and, and this is gonna be a common theme you're gonna hear throughout this entire podcast. Carolina coming off a loss, New York coming off a win. 
What do you got? The better team is going to steal this one on the road, and Carolina wins. Take the points. Take them on the money line. And uh, suck it, New York. Yeah, so this game was one and a half uh, in the preseason. Um, Carolina plus one and a half. They're plus two consensus, but I do see a one and a half at a couple different books. So it's trending back towards uh, what we all thought it would be. Yes, Carolina did lose. Yes, the Giants did win. It was the tale of two different games of one team should have won. Uh, If they would have played football at all in the first half or just had a little bit better coaching in the last two minutes. And the Giants, I mean, I have no fucking clue to this day how they pulled that shit off. It was just a complete collapse by Tennessee. But that shit does happen. But what doesn't happen for Danny Dimes is winning at home. Uh, he's absolutely terrible at it. He's great <laughs> on the road. For what re- for what reason, I, I don't, don't know. know. I've never no been clue. able to put science to it or anything. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. Car- Carolina's got to get a win. Um, they are. The- um, Vegas is telling you they're the better team with the Giants only being uh, two-point favorites at home. Again, right now, home field's about – it's settled in about two and a half. So you could say half a point, coin flip, whatever. Uh, I'll take the better quarterback. Yes, Baker Mayfield is better than Sam, or not Sam Darnold, but uh, what's his name? Fucking Danny Dimes. He is yeah. better than him. And Depends overall, metric, Carolina but, does have the yeah. better roster. But Carolina does have the better roster, and Baker is a better quarterback, even though he still is so disappointing. First read's not there. Immediately, he does that little fucking half circle to the right. It's so easy to scheme against, and if they can't. If McCaffrey can't get on board or on track running the ball, which he should be able to do, but if he can't, they might be in trouble. But, yeah, I'd have, definitely have to lean Carolina here. Well, and, and one quick thing. Ikea Kwanu, the number, I think he was the fifth pick in the draft, tackle out of uh, North Carolina State. He got his ass whipped by Miles Garrett last week. PFF had him ranked as the second worst offensive tackle in week one, right, by, right ahead of, of Neil, uh, and I'm forgetting his first name, the offensive tackle for the Giants, who they took with the fifth or the third pick or something like that. So both of these tackles in this game are rookies with potential, but terrible. So these quarterbacks will be running for their lives a little bit. I would, I would assume uh, in this one too. So you know, uh, life with a rookie tackle is not fun in the NFL, especially when you're not great quarterbacks like uh, Baker. And Danny Dimes. And one last thing on how bad the Giants have been at home. Uh, Longhorn, since 2018, what year was Danny Dimes drafted? I think it was that year, right? That was supposed to be his fifth-year option. Sounds right. This year. Yeah, at home ATS. 1-6-1, 2-6, 3-5, 3-5. They're 9-22-1 against mm. the spread at home over the last four years. So if you're ever going to play them, a goddamn sure better not be at home. On the flip side, to my point on the road, last four years, seven and one, five and three, six and two. Now last year they were three and six. That's the worst year, but still, four years, twenty-one and twelve on the road. They are road fucking ATS Warriors. Do not ever, if you want to skip the game, fine. <laughs> Don't ever back those motherfuckers at home. That's a losing proposition. Oh yeah. All right, moving on, those Pittsburgh Steelers. Let's go, Pittsburgh. That was our one win of our three mm. official plays last week in the NFL. They did us well. We didn't, you know, well, I say you called it your big dick, P. 
pick of the week to win. Yeah. You fucking nailed it. I did God. not have a lot of faith in them to win that game. Uh, maybe they shouldn't have. Maybe, you know, maybe <laughs> no, the kicker that, you know, maybe the kicker that was so confident that sent that just said that we're going to go to the Super Bowl and hits like a 48-yard field goal to win the AFC mm. Championship game. He misses an extra point, and uh, all hell breaks loose after that. Nobody can make a kick for almost a goddamn hour. But anyway, Pittsburgh are the two-point home dogs to those New England Patriots. Yeah, this just too much uh, too much uncertainty with this game. Uh, Mac Jones has the back issue. I think he's been kind of cleared to play. I don't, but I just don't really like that. This would normally be a smash spot for New England for me, coming off that bad loss against Miami on the road. And playing a team that just came off a monster win that they really, you know, could have easily lost that game. Um, so if you get, you know, um, confident in Mac Jones's back and, and that there's and that New England's telling you the truth and it's not a and it's not a Stafford situation. You're not telling me the truth. <laughs> yeah, if it's not a Stafford situation, then you we're getting lied to. Um, this it's a great spot for New England, great spot. But I don't like betting uncertainty. Certainly with his this many great uh games on the on the slate that i have so um what's the what's the line sitting at it's a you know what um it's at two yeah but it's moving to two and a half okay so it's so it's in that perfect teaser range so if if you if you don't like pittsburgh or new england line you want to take pittsburgh up to plus eight plus eight and a half if it gets to two and a half it's kind of in that in that teaser range but it's probably just going to be a stay away for me altogether no, I like New England here as long as Mac Jones, as long as Mac and Cheese is upright and can play some football. Uh, this line has not moved. It was New England minus two preseason. It's sitting right there, uh, which means even with Pittsburgh's big win and New England's huge loss, uh, Vegas is telling you there is no difference between these teams. It's one week. It's week one. And the Pats are one of those double-digit loss teams that historically, again, cover at 60.7%. So I will take the Patriots and not look back and just trust that, you know, Bill Belichick, the most cheating coach of all time, <laughs> is not lying to me. It's probably foolish on my part. But yeah. you know what, Bill? Fool me once. Shame yeah. on you. Fool me for the fourth time. I've been drinking. Who cares? We're moving on. We're on to Pittsburgh. Jacksonville to my Jacksonville Jaguars. Put up a hell of a fight. Hell of a fight. Last week uh, against those <clears throat> dirty Redskins. This did. week, they are three-and-a-half-point home dogs to the Indianapolis. I just tied the fucking Colts, <laughs> uh, and that's what uh, that's what we're looking at. Yeah, I've got a big lean to the Jags here, and as a matter of fact, this is the Big Dick Pick of the Week. I'm going to pop off a piece of my dick. Big floppy donkey dick. Is that your fucking dick? With my dick. Nice big cock. I'm going to put my dick in. I don't see here. Here's the deal. Here's I don't like the Indy tide last week against Houston. That makes us a little more tricky. Um, but his, it's just a historical smash spot for Jacksonville at home here against Indy. And like you said, Jacksonville left a lot of points on the field last week against Washington. I was watching that game um, pretty intensely, and like they they were moving the ball well. Uh, just a mistake here, a mistake there, but. You know, come, coming home. This is a team that's that's got a new a new coach, a new um, just kind of. They just feel different. I mean, you know, 
Lawrence, Lawrence and ETN look like they're going to have a really dynamic um, combination once they get that completely strained out. And Christian Kirk looks like he's going to be the over-the-top threat that they that they were lacking. And that fucking Trayvon, Trayvon Walker, my God. I was down on him. I kind of poo-pooed that pick. But he fucking had probably the best week one opening day start of a rookie defense, defensive end that I've seen in a long time. He, he had a sack. He had an incredible interception. Uh, it was it was more incredible with the uh, awareness, which you wouldn't normally expect from such a young player. But his awareness was amazing. And then on top of that, he did a Superman horizontal interception, just just incredible. So um, yeah, I think I think uh, Indy or excuse me, Jacksonville wins this game. I would certainly take the plus three and a half or plus four, whatever you can get it at. I really wish Indy would have won that game last week, and that, that would make me feel even better. But yeah, this is the big dick pick of the week. Well, if you feel like my buddy and want to take Jacksonville, but you don't feel that confident taking him on the money line, uh, this game was preseason minus four and a half for Indy. It's back to four and a half at one book. It's back to four at a lot of books. That three and a half consensus is going to move. Uh, maybe as we speak and go to four as I'm watching the screen. Obviously, with already a book at four and a half, it's probably going to get bigger as the fucking shit comes in, you know, through the weekend. That's going to grow. There's no, there's no faith in Jacksonville. They, no. All the public's going to see is they lost the game to a shitty team like Washington. You got what's supposed to be the favorite in the division coming in, Randy, off mm-hmm. a tie. Not a loss, <laughs> but a tie. So, of course, of course, the money is going to come in on Jacksonville. So, I do lean your way on the Jacksonville play, especially the fact that Houston hasn't won in Jacksonville in I don't know how many fucking years it's been now. Indy. It's some weird anomaly. Yeah, sorry, Indy. It's some weird anomaly. And to tell you how weird the anomaly is, they've been a, an excellent road team. ATS. Last year they were 6-2. and two. ATS. Their only two losses, I'm just going off the top of my head, uh, they lost in Jacksonville. I thought was a, that was the last week of the season, straight up, and they were like 13-point favorites or some bullshit. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, I cannot remember what their other road loss was, but I just remember I thought it was a poor one again as far as a straight-up. It was it was a straight-up loss and an ATS. I'm trying to remember what game it was. It might have been the game where Wentz threw the left-handed interception for a touchdown. I can't fucking remember what it was, but that either was way. That was Tennessee. Yeah, so... I mean, it, it took a couple of fluke fucking things for them to even not just be 8-0 and on the road, ATS. But for whatever reason, they do struggle in Jacksonville. And you just let those points stick up. Keep letting the fucking square money come in. Hang back there. And uh, probably lean the Jags come Sunday. Yep. All right, moving on. Those my hammer dogs are visiting those Baltimore Ravens. And they're three-and-a-half-point road dogs. Yeah, I'm struggling with this game. This this game is, um, man, this is this is a game that like everything points to those three and a half points. Just just come and get it. It looks so juicy that I'm questioning it. This feels like Square Dog City, and you know, when, whenever I've got something that looks like that, I'm always questioning it and and uh, kind of waiting and seeing. But as of right now. I'm gonna trust my eyes a little bit, and what I saw last week with Tua, even though they, they, you know, they obviously won that game big against New England. I don't care. Well, I watched obviously. Tua. I watched Tua. He fucking sucks. That dude sucks. I know he. 
I know he had a couple. <laughs> I know he had a couple of passes to fucking Hill, and he slipped that that one to Waddle, where, where Waddle took it to the house. I watched that game or every play of that game. He fucking sucks. Like, you, like there was a couple times where he could have been picked, and it just you know it's just one of those things. Like sometimes they happen in the NFL, sometimes they don't. Uh, it's going to happen this week. I'm right now leaning towards Baltimore at that ugly ass number of three and a half. I'm kind of hoping that some steam comes in on Miami and pushes it down to three because then I'll definitely be all over Baltimore. But, yeah, I don't trust Miami. I certainly don't trust Miami on the road. I think they're an overhyped team, and I think Baltimore is still somewhat a little bit um, undervalued, if if that's at all possible. But, um, yeah, as of right now, I'm leaning towards Baltimore to uh, win and cover. Yeah, man, I'm leaning with you. I mean, the preseason line was Baltimore minus four, so they've been downgraded half a point. Whether if you want to say it's a quarter point, half point, whatever, half point upgrade on Miami for beating New England, even though they were favored at home. And New England never fucking wins there. They never win in Miami. Bill Belichick, even with Tom Brady, they just don't win down there. So that's not an anomaly. It's not something that just never have. It always, they always fucking lose that game. And, you know, Baltimore just tends to beat up teams that, you know, are kind of one-dimensional, and I don't believe that Miami is a very good running team. So Baltimore is going to be able to scheme to take away. It's not like they haven't seen these receivers. They've played against Tyreek Hill how many fucking times? I mean, they know what that dude can do. And, yeah, Jalen Waddle is a badass, and that does obviously add to their, you know, repertoire and arsenal, but... Yeah, this is this is a stay away game for me. However, it's also a prove it game for me because these are two teams that are favored to well, Miami's obviously not favored to win their division, but coming into the season they were second favored, even over New England. If you look at their over under win total, New England's were I think eight and a half and Miami was nine and a half. So we're projected to be a better team. And Baltimore is projected to, you know, win their division. They were right there with since actually they were over Cincy on their season win total so this is a proven game to me for both teams i think miami took advantage of a situation that they generally do win which they did and baltimore they do what they do they beat the shit out of fucking bad teams and they generally win more games they lose three and a half it's not a number that i'm jumping to playing for sure we'll see if it moves it's just gonna depend man it's already down half a point i don't know if anybody's gonna fade baltimore any more than that that's generally not historically how the market works uh, against that team, but we'll see. Yeah. All right. All right, moving on, those your Detroit Lions, the trash <laughs> yeah. time kings. Watch your mouth. Came back and ruined a fucking super contest pick for us, those son of a bitches. For no reason at all. No reason at all. Anyway, Biting they're two-point home Favorites versus the Washington Redskins. Yeah, um, I don't really like Detroit being in the favorite spot. That's not our kneecapping um, place to be. So I don't really like that a lot. I do like Washington on a as a teaser leg. Take them from either one and a half to seven and a half or two to eight, wherever you can get the line at. Um, but I actually love the over here. Um, like I said before, Jacksonville left a ton of points on the field last week, and Washington has weapons and speed. Holy shit. I know I'm, I'm always a year ahead. I swear to God, I'm a year ahead on everything. It's because I'm so 
clairvoyant. I just see things so clearly that I'm a. I'm oh, you just, just you just saw him drafted a rookie a full year ahead that's going to catch two touchdowns his first game. Yeah, I that's did. Amazing. Okay. Yeah, that's and amazing. also and also saw that Curtis Samuel was. <laughs> I saw that Curtis Samuel was awesome. We had like eighteen thousand fights over him last year, and then of course you got scary. That's Terry. been a three year fight. And he finally played one game. No, yeah, last year was his first year. Slow down, slow down. Okay, so anyway, Washington has speed and talent. And by the way, if if you're not noticing, they're working in Antonio Gibson into that wide receiver role, or you know, into that passing game heavily, uh, with the anticipation that um, his uh, the the person he shot will come back at some point this year and take over that running back role. So that'll be interesting when he comes back. Um, and what this offense can do. But anyways, Detroit sucks on defense. They are fucking terrible on the back end. This was my fear for them coming into the year, Uh, but they're fucking awesome on offense. (laughs) They are going to score on everybody, especially when uh, Williams, the receiver from Alabama, gets in there. But whatever, he's not playing this week, so it doesn't matter. Um, So yeah, love the over here. It's only at 48.5. This game should be at the 50 and... 50 and a half, 51 mark. So my pick is the over. My lean on the side is take Washington with the tees up. Um, I don't like Detroit in the favorite role. They're they're not there yet. So um, what do you got? Well, it's hard to judge Detroit in the favorite role because in the last four <laughs> years, uh, they've been favored 12 times in four oh. seasons, including... Their record last year as a favorite was 0-0 zero and because zero, it never fucking happened. So 12-0 and 0 in the last four years as favorites. Is that what you're telling me? 5-7. and 5-7 oh, as so close. favorites. So close. Uh, but, you know, in the dog roll, that's where, that's where they thrive, baby. That is with last year 11-6 and six in all 17 games they were dogs. Yeah, they went eleven and six. Yeah, that's not their spot. And here, here's where I'm struggling with this. I'm not even struggling. I'm struggling to understand. So on the look ahead, (laughs) Detroit was two and a half point dogs. Now they're two point favorites. So four (laughs) and a half points is what you're telling me that the market has moved on a team that you know wasn't within two scores until three minutes left to the Eagles. And, yeah, I mean, the Washington Redskins did struggle with um, – that. it was a weird game. They they didn't struggle. They got up big early, and then they coasted, and then Jacksonville found their groove. The young quarterback found something with his young running back. They started moving the ball up and down all over the place and scoring the football, and then it looked like Washington was dead, and then Carson Wentz throws a bomb, and then they go back up. And then Jacksonville can't move. You think Jacksonville's dead. And then, of course, Carson Wentz turns the ball over, as he always does. <laughs> and Jacksonville scores to go ahead. And you think, oh, that's it. Same old Redskins. Game fucking over. But then they go win the football game, which is something they don't generally fucking do. So, I don't really know what to make. I mean, they looked about the same as they always did. They didn't get a lot of pressure. I mean, they got some pressure on Lawrence, but not nearly as much as they should have. Especially against yeah, but you're talking about a second-year guy, and their offensive line sucked. They couldn't run the ball. Um, but, you know, the Redskins couldn't run the ball either. But like you said, Detroit, where, where is their weakness in the back half? What is Washington's strength? It's obviously throwing the football with that fucking ginger fuck. So, 
<laughs> yeah, it's it's a tough one. It is a tough one. Uh, you know, Washington on the road, they do. I mean, you they're better historically on the road in the last four years than they are at home, even though they cover on the road at 53%, 17-15-1. <laughs> at home, they're 43.8. So that's the reason why we really didn't like them last week against Jacksonville. They generally don't cover or even win generally at home. I thought it might be a mistake to not take them. I thought that would be probably the cheapest they'll be priced all year. However, I'm clearly wrong because now they're getting discounted even more going into Detroit. And I like your lean on the on the over. Historically, the numbers don't back you up. But I think these are two teams that are kind of finding themselves right now, especially on offense. And neither one of these defenses. I mean, Washington's secondary is such shit. I mean, such shit. They gave up so many... Plays Jacksonville in the passing game, Jack. But like you said, Jacksonville left a lot of points on the board. They could have scored a lot more than they did. They bogged down in the red zone. As young quarterbacks, and if we're being honest, just below quarterbacks tend to do. Uh, but Washington did the same thing with Wentz. They bogged down in the red zone. It was big play, big play, big play. That's how they fucking scored their points. So if Washington can keep that explosive play rate up like that, I honestly don't see how they kind of don't win this football game however they are the redskins but you can say well they're also the lions i it's a stay away game for me these are two shit ass teams and honestly we need detroit win to win this game for our season totals um to kind of line up but anyway all right all right moving on those san francisco 49ers Woo! they stunk they are nine-point <laughs> favorites, though, at home versus the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, this is just another easy call uh, in this game. Seattle won their Super Bowl last week. Uh, you know, with, with Russell Wilson coming in there, that was that's the most hyped up and, and pumped up that crowd and that city's going to be all year for this team because this team is fucking garbage. Uh, they, they got, and like you, you already went over, they got a little lucky. And I mean, a little. They got a lot lucky just to win that game uh, right lot. there. Yeah, they couldn't stop the run. Denver was running all over them. And newsflash, what does San Francisco like to do? And yes, I know they just lost their running back. Doesn't fucking matter. They they, they find them off the street, plug them in, and play. Um, San Francisco lost in a monsoon last week. Like, give me a fucking break. And no one's more down on Trey Lance than me. Uh, no one's more of a suspect on that guy than me. But you can't judge a player in a fucking monsoon you just can't and they have that cut back one cut and go style running game style you can't fucking one cut in a monsoon so throw out last week completely this is week one for the san francisco 49ers they're at home against a shit-ass team coming off their super bowl win easy fucking call blowout win for san francisco uh i hate laying that many points but i i mean I mean, you can tell me. I think this has gone down. So I think the money's coming in. The overreaction's coming in off that win for Seattle. So you're actually getting San Fran, in my opinion, at a discounted price. So I'm all over it. Well, technically not yet, but it is moving that way. However, man, I'm seeing such a spread here on the screen. Looking at the preseason line, this was San Fran minus nine at home, which is right where it's at. However, I see some eight and a halves. But also see a nine and a half at a book with one ten <laughs> juice on both sides. So all over. Whoever that book is has already taken some serious fucking San Fran money. So that will lend you towards that direction as far as if you want to get 
If you want to get Seattle, definitely better at that book. But I'm with you, man. Uh, if you looked at with Seattle, I, I mean, I broke it down. You know, are you fucking kidding me? They gained 44 yards in the second half. They never crossed the 50. Uh, San Francisco has a better defense than Denver. They're a better team than Denver, period. And I know Trey Lance wasn't great. But the guy on the other side of the ball, we'll talk about him when the game comes up. <laughs> he was even fucking worse. So how they won that game, again, it's week one. It just is what it is. Monster. You see the overreaction in the market, but you don't really see it from Vegas, from their preseason spread. So, I mean, the biggest move we've had so far is Detroit and Washington. So, clearly, the market has fundamentally seen something that they love about Detroit and hate about Washington, which, if you watch the way, again, Detroit scored the ball and the way that Washington literally scored 14 points, I think, on their first two drives and then didn't score again, I believe, until the fourth quarter. So, there, yeah, there's a lot not to like with that fucking piece of shit offense, for sure. Uh, um, I love football. But if you look at San Fran, you know, against the West, they're actually not very good, ATS, in their own division. Uh, as favorites, they're not very good either. So, there's a lot not to like about San Fran, especially laying this number. But in this situation, I know it's a lot of points, but... I'd have to lean with you, but if I can keep that number coming down and that Seattle money keeps coming in, I definitely will wait it out and see if San Fran can get closer to that seven mark. How close they can get, we'll see. Because, again, I see nines, eight and a halfs, and nine and a half, so it's all over the fucking board. All right. All right, moving on, those Los Angeles Rams, Super Bowl champions, came out and laid a fucking stinko. <laughs> on opening night, and but they're ten and a half point home favorites versus those dirty birds from Atlanta. Oh baby, ten and a half points—that is a monster number. And listen, um, that's just too big of a number. I I know Atlanta's not going to be a very good team, um, but we all saw Stafford uh, last Thursday, and you know they're not going to say it. He don't look right, and until he shows that they're that he's the same as he was last year, I'm not playing them like they're the same. So I'm going to take those 10.5 points with Atlanta, who showed all kinds of fight last week. Um, and, I, and I know the Rams have had 10 days to prepare, and that is an advantage, but it's less of an advantage you know, going into week two than it will be later in the season. Uh, but it is still a factor a little bit. But but again, it's just the Stafford factor. I need to see him be normal before I can actually say, yeah, they're a team that can, that can just blow out a team by 10 and a half points plus, which they absolutely can. It's the NFL. Anything can happen. But I'm not willing to do that. And the Atlanta Falcons, I'm getting a vibe from them. I know it's only one week, but, but this just feels like a team that's going to be like this year's Detroit Lions that just kind of never quit and fight you every week. And We'll track that going forward and see if that's true. But, you know, I talked about in the draft preview on the Football and Freedom Show. I talked about on the preview shows that we did here on uh, FGH. Atlanta has, when they come off the bus and they're offensive players, they are fucking huge. With Kyle Pitts, Cordell Patterson, uh, Drake London, these are fucking giant men. Like, they're not going to be scared offensively to go up against anybody so you know i know that doesn't really matter in this game that they have a bunch of big offensive players i just like the the attitude and the swag of atlanta on offense and that and Mariota, he's healthy now you know he, he will get hurt 
Because if you watched him last week, that dude took so many fucking shots. He was running all over the place. That dude will only last about four weeks. Like you can just mark it down. He's gonna get hurt. But right now, when he's healthy with that with that little you know running game and his and his legs, they're sneaky. They're a sneaky. Uh, they're a sneaky team. So give me those ten and a half points. I'll wait and see what Stafford if he looks like the normal Stafford from last year. So right now, lean to Atlanta plus ten and a half. I love it. Yeah, so there were six teams, like I said last week, that lost by double digits. Again, covered 60%. Uh, the Rams are one of those teams. So if you look at it historically, four of these teams yeah, are going good. to cover, and two of them are not. However, two of them are not. And I kind of with you with the Rams only because of what I saw with Stafford. And just the guy, I mean, first of all, you're playing the Buffalo Bills, which means you know you got to score the fucking ball. I know every team doesn't want to dump their playbook out week one or whatever, but you know you're going to have to score the football. And yet, the only time that I saw him throw attempt to pass, you know, in the air, 15 yards plus, it was on two over routes, and he overthrew them both very, very badly. And, you know, as somebody that used to throw, not a football, but a baseball, I know when your arm is compromised, you know, you have to put more of your body into it, and the more effort you have to put at throwing anything, at swinging a golf club, but doing anything athletically, the more effort that you have to put into it, the less accurate you are going to be at, you know, trying to achieve that task. And it was very apparent that he had to put his whole ass into those throws. But and it, it wasn't that the velocity wasn't there; because those fucking balls were sailing like a motherfucker. But it did tell me that he had to use his entire body to do that. So that is what scares me off there. But money is coming in on the Rams. It's up to 11 at one book already. Uh, you could see a clear bounce back game uh, from the Rams here. However, preseason was 13 and a half. So it's moved a full three points down. I think that that is fair being as bad as the Rams look. And like you said, the Falcons did fight. Uh, but again, they were another one of those teams. Start out hot, 20 points in the first half, only 10 in the second half. Mariota overall, very fucking pedestrian. 20 for 33, 215, <laughs> six and a half yards attempt. He didn't even throw a fucking touchdown. Uh, he did have 12 rushes for 72 yards and a touchdown, which is great, especially for fantasy football. So to your point, if you're struggling at quarterback in fantasy football, pick that dude up because he's going to get you some points early because – other than that, their only running game is a wide receiver, a giant in Cordell Patterson, who awesome. had a monster fucking game. <laughs> in a monster awesome. fucking game. But him and that guy are their only running game. They have no real running game to speak of, and he's not going to... Well, hold you know, on. Real, uh, didn't they combine for almost 200 between those two? Well, total team rushing, yeah, they ran over 200 yards. Well, for it was sure. th- those two guys. So, I mean, they, it was those two rushing. guys. That is true. That's that's true, and in today's football, that is legit. But to your point, how long can that keep up? Especially, Marcus Mariota is not a rookie anymore. That dude has been in the league for six, seven years. He's, he's almost 30 get, years he's old. He's going to get broken half for sure. So that's going to slow down. Now, is it going to slow down a week two? Maybe not. However, the Rams do. They are still stout up front. They are still pretty good in the secondary. I know the Bills didn't make them look like they were. <laughs> but, again, you're looking at the best offense in all yeah. of football. So and the Falcons are not that. Mariota is no Josh Allen. Not quite. <laughs> uh, 
But I do expect the Rams to win this game. Do they cover the 10.5? This is one of those six teams that I'm not as confident in. Yeah. But it wouldn't shock it wouldn't shock me if they did. It wouldn't no, shock me. Me neither. Me neither. Alright, Longhorn, we're gonna move along now to the Denver Broncos, those fucking assholes that couldn't beat the Seattle mm. Seahawks, much less cover. On Monday night, short week, but they're back home and they are ten point home favorites versus those Houston. Houston with an H Texans. <laughs> yeah, this is the uh which which horrible coach is going to fuck up this game the most? Uh, two coaches that had really, really bad week ones. Um, I really don't like it a lot because of all we've talked about Denver a lot in this podcast, so probably not. We don't need to linger on this game, but uh, you know, Denver got embarrassed last week. You, you know, they're at home. Houston's not good. Uh, Denver should be able to run all over Houston, much like the much like Indy did, and much like Denver did against Seattle. Um, so you know, if they, as long as they don't fumble at the goal line, I really think that twice, uh, twice, I really think that Denver can kind of lay the wood here a little bit, kind of a get right game uh, for them. So it, I really don't like laying these many points, but you know, like you said, I'm sure I think this game falls into that category. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. You'll you'll tell me, but like, yeah. I'll, I'll lay the wood here and uh, and uh, take Denver. It does not fall in that category because Denver only lost by like one. And Houston obviously fucking tied okay, Colts last week. I still but, like Denver. Yeah, I mean, how could you not? It's fucking – their defense is better than Indy's. And the fact of the matter is Houston could not run the ball at all. And they gave up a million yards to uh, it was 161s for, and I go, I know Taylor's a badass, but 161 fucking yards and Matt Ryan threw for 352. How the fuck did they tie this shitty fucking team? Holy hell! I don't know. So uh, now the resurgence of Brandon Cooks apparently is a thing, I guess. And OJ resurgence Howard is my two- ass. That dude's always good. He's always been awesome. He just can't ever find a home or stay healthy. <laughs> but either way, yeah, I'm going to keep this one short. It's down to nine and a half at a couple different places. Oh, the look ahead go. on this line was 10. So the market is, you know, reacting to what they saw, as they always will. Let that number keep falling to you. Either lay the fucking wood the Broncos or just pass it. That's what I said. All right. All right, moving on to our Las Vegas Raiders. Five and a half point home favorites versus the fighting midgets. If they still have any fight in them, yeah. What's the what's the spread? Five and a half. Okay, yeah. Uh, this is the this is a syndicate move game. Um, last week it was Houston. Big syndicate move came in and moved that from eight and a half down to seven. This week they have moved this line. Um, I mean, my God, what 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 what? What's the movement you're seeing on this game before I finish? Uh, they were plus two on the look ahead and uh, the preseason look ahead, and then three and a half on the in season look ahead. Mm-hmm. So now, you're talking about a full three and a half points overall. Yeah, uh, you know, like I'm not going against movement like that when it's coming from some of the from. I mean, these syndicates. In case you don't know, these, these are people. These are conglomerates that come in with, um, you know. High high six figures, sometimes seven figure bets that move these lines like this. So they nailed it last week. 
Um, I hate both these teams. I'm down on both these teams, and I really hate laying a number like that with a team I don't like. However, you know, um, the midget sucks, and I anytime I can like bet against him, it makes my heart happy. So uh, give me give me Vegas on on a lean there. No, I'm going Cardinals. They're one of the six teams. They're going to go win this game. Um, Vegas is not. I mean, they were pumped up all preseason or whatever. But yeah, Kyler Murray, he had a stink. He had a stinker for sure. Uh, but you know, he didn't turn the ball over. But he also didn't throw for very many yards. He was a leading rusher, which you know I always hate, even when Josh Allen does it. I hate when your quarterback is a leading rusher. That midget is going to break your heart two weeks in a row. Yeah, maybe so, maybe so. But they are one of the six teams. And, again, four of these six teams are going to cover, and I believe yeah. that they're going to be one of them. Maybe they lose by a field goal, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't care. We don't have any action on either one of these teams on season total over-unders. But I will, I'll I'll take those five-and-a-half points and run with that shit. All right. All right, moving on. Those Dallas Cowboys. And they are now seven-and-a-half points. Home dogs, the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, this is look, man. I mean, if you if you're a new listener to this show, then you know this is the type of game you're going to be shaking your head and being like, "What the fuck is this dude talking about?" If you're a longtime listener, you probably see this coming, okay? Because nobody, and I mean nobody, is going to be on Dallas here. Which points me right to them because this is the NFL. When everything looks one way, it usually goes the other. Um, you're not going to get, I mean, you're getting Dallas at home with seven and a half coming off an embarrassing loss. Um, you know, I, I don't like the fact that since he lost because they, they need to win big time too. However, it's just, you know, I, I can't, this is the NFL, man. Like, like, and I know Dak. I know Dak got hurt, and it's Cooper Rush, and Cooper Rush sucks. I'm not trying to beat the beat the table for Cooper Rush as being a good quarterback because he's not. But but you know this is just a value play. It's ugly. You win in the in the NFL by taking underdogs, and you win in the NFL by taking ugly fucking underdogs. So I'm I'm leaning Dallas seven and a half. I'll give it to me. Yeah, this is uh, my what the fuck are we doing here? <laughs> Pick of the week. Uh, <laughs> this look-ahead line was Dallas minus 2.5 in the preseason. So you're talking about 10 points of movement. <laughs> 10 points of movement. Now, to break that down really quickly, uh, Dak is worth 6 points more than Cooper Rush. So to go from 2.5, 6 points is 2.5 plus another 3.5. So it should be Cincy minus 3.5. If all things were equal. Now, if you want to say, well, Dallas looked like shit when Dak wasn't there in the offense, I would say, yeah, I was at the game. I know. I saw it firsthand. That was as bad as Dak Prescott has ever looked. Now, he's looked that bad in spurts, in a drive, in a quarter, hell, even in the first half, second half, whatever. He has never, ever looked that bad for four quarters. And he did play... Almost all the four quarters before he did get injured. It was, dude, it was horrendous. He had people open. He never saw. Both, or I think he only threw technically maybe one interception. I can't even remember. But every time that they he threw, he threw two more that should have been caught. And every time he threw it, as soon as he threw it live, I said, that's intercepted. I mean, you could just see it coming. 
and the guys dropped the ball. It was as bad as bad can fucking get. And when Cooper Rush came in, he didn't fare much better. He did throw a much better looking ball, even with more velocity than Dak did. I will say that. Now, you did see the difference between what a starter looks like and a backup looks like because he had one ball and it was late in the game so it wouldn't have mattered but it would have been a touchdown and I don't remember who the receiver was but they broke open on the right side he saw him about half a second too late but he did see him he throws the ball down the sideline I don't know what it looked like on TV but live he threw and I was like oh he's fucking wide open and because he saw him late and because he throws you know not he does not have NFL velocity the safety literally came from the other hash all the way across the field and got there in time to break that pass up. It was fucking incredible to watch live. So I'm not telling you the Cooper Rush is great. He's definitely not. He's not even close to a starter in the NFL. However, this is way too many points no. to give up to a team that just showed their propensity, which they did have the propensity last year, to turn the football over. And if Cincinnati didn't get on that great run that they got on by getting turnovers on their defense at towards the end of the year and into the playoffs even, they wouldn't have had the success that they did because their defense simply isn't that good. It just not. It wasn't last year. Obviously, it wasn't great against Mitchell Trubisky and the, and the Steelers. So if you look at that now, is Burrow and his offense going to have some success? Sure. But what I will tell you is this. The Dallas defense is legitimate. I watched those dudes fly around the football. I watched them sack the shit out of Tom Brady, who never takes sacks. Their defensive... I mean, Micah Parsons is literally Lawrence Taylor fucking incarnate. The dude has the most sacks in as many games played of any player in NFL history. And what's really impressive with that, boys and girls, is he doesn't even rush the passer 100% of the time. He does it like 60... Maybe 70% at this point, maybe. It's because the Cowboys are really smart. Yeah, they're real smart. But (laughs) if they would just let that dude go and put him against the matchup. Now, every time he matched up against Werbs, he did get stoned. But they put him against the other dude, He it was an instant ass whooping. I mean, that one play in the red zone, Tom Brady said hut. He dropped back and Michael Parsons hit him. Like, it was just instant fucking (laughs) ass whooping. He's good. Now, the Cowboys are going to have a problem at left guard. Along with the rest of the problems, they have all offensive line. The guy, the kid they put in, the backup or whatever, that was when he came in the game, that's really when it went from bad to worse. That dude got his ass whooped on almost every play that I saw him play. I mean, the one play, he barely even laid a hand on a defensive tackle who went right around him and just crushed Dak. So that's a problem. The left tackle, though, the rookie, did look pretty good. They're, I mean, they're trying to get Jason Peters' fat ass into shape. They're going to plug him in at left guard. He's not going to play tackle. He's going to plug in at left guard if he does get in the game. That would help because anybody but that dude is going to help him. Yeah. They're not going to score a lot of points. However, I don't think I don't see Cincy scoring a lot of points. I like the under here. I love the Cows plus 7.5. Do I think Cincy wins the game? Yes, of course I think Cincy wins the game. However, it's it, it's just it's too many points. It's too many points fucking point again it's three and a half for Dak if you want to downgrade uh the Cowboys three points fine that's six and a half points where the fuck is this other point coming from and where's your upgrade for Cincinnati because you can't have one because they look like shit you don't ever get downgraded that many points um outside of a quarterback of course 
Right, and you're already taking the six, and you're st- even if you take the six, you're four full fucking points away from this line. It is so. Yep. This is total overreaction. It's the what the fuck are we talking about? Go Cowboys! All right, moving on. Those Green Bay Packers and those motherfuckers are ten point home favorites versus the Chicago Bears. Yeah, another easy call, another easy game for me. Chicago coming in on a high, Green Bay coming in on a low. Uh, the number is huge, but it just feels like a game that will, you know, kind of be ugly and close for a majority of the game. And then late third quarter, fourth quarter, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw a couple of dime touchdowns, and it's going to turn what seemed like a close game into a NFL-type blowout, 13-point range. So, um, yeah, he, at the end of this game, Rodgers is going to be – Screaming, I own you. They're going to be back to one and one, and it's takeoff time for Green Bay uh, for the rest of the year. And um, sending those shitty bears back where they belong <laughs> in reality as a four and 13 team. Yeah, uh, to quote Aaron Rodgers, I fucking own you! I've yeah. owned you my whole life! Mm-hmm. And he's going to be right. screaming that again All on right. Sunday. They are one of the six teams that falls into the double-digit loss category, which you love. You love, and they were one of those teams last year that won money for us. Uh, same exact scenario. Yeah, they're going to come in. They're going to do their thing. The Bears are going to do their thing, which is not much of fucking nothing. Um, they did obviously win in a monsoon against San Francisco. However, mm-hmm. I'm trying to pull up uh, the box score here. Yeah, Justin Fields completed eight passes. Eight passes. And if you think, well, you know, he's a runner. He he runs really well. Yeah, he ran for 28 yards on 11 attempts. That's 2.5 yards a carry. He's not as athletic as you think he is. Well, well, that game. Look, I actually think that the monsoon helped him. And and, and because, like. Of course it did. If it's going to. I mean, the fact that he only completed eight passes because they didn't throw a lot. They're going to have to throw a lot in this game. And and he's going to get exposed uh, as a passer. Yeah, so, like. Yeah, I just. I mean, but it, even if you want to dispute that, let us know. Trey Lance, 13 rushes for 54 yards. That's 4.2 yards a clip. Again, not great, but again, yeah. terrible footing. And yeah. he went 13 for 28, which isn't great, but again, at least 13 completions. He went 8 for 17. 8 for 17. Workmanlike. That is Tebow like, <laughs> is what that is. And I see the Packers down to 9.5 at one book. So. Oh. If money keeps coming in in Chicago, that's great. Please, that do. is those are fake ass square or fake ass sharps that think that they're fucking they're sharp. They're actually just fucking squares taking a big number in a terrible situation. The Packers are about to beat the shit out of these people. All right, all right, moving on. Monday night football. Ba, 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 no, you missed one. Ba, da, you missed one. No, we got two Monday night games. Oh my bad. I thought this was Sunday night. My bad. That's the Sunday night game: the Bears and the Packers. Oh okay. Anyway, two Monday night games in week what? What? Yeah, and they play almost simultaneously. Thanks a lot, NFL. What the oh, fuck what, are we doing? What are we doing? Well, maybe they think one of these is not gonna be worth watching, and maybe this one, <laughs> Buffalo minus ten at home versus Tennessee. Yeah, this is a uh, hold your nose, and I'm sorry I have to do this to you, but I am leaning towards Tennessee. Uh, just, look, man, just just. If you're a, if you're a, if you're in this business, this, these are the games you just you just you don't have to play them. But you know if you do, then um, this this is to me this is the right side. You got a primetime game, and Tennessee let one get away last week. 
Buffalo coming off a blowout win against the champs on the road last week, and they've had 10 days for everybody to tell them how fucking great they are, which they are, but 10 days to just bask in it and and just, uh, you know, accept their flowers. Uh, you know, it just you're not going to get a, a, a more inflated line possible in these with these two teams and what you have right here, right now in this game. Uh, so I'm going to take the points. I'm going to... I'm going to hold my nose. I'm going to hope that Josh throws one to the wrong team and turns a 17-point win into a, you know, 9 or 10-point win. That that's really your 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 best case scenario. Look, I mean, I mean, you could just take all the favorites. You could take all the good teams and just blow out all these shitty teams, but you know, that's just not how it works in the NFL. So, I'm leaning Tennessee, not necessarily running to the fucking window to bet it, but I give out leans in almost every game and this is my lean. Yep, I'll lean with you. Uh, this game was seven at the preseason look ahead. Uh, it was seven and a half as late as last week. Big adjustment up after, obviously, the public sees Buffalo blow the fuck out of the Super Bowl champs on a standalone game. And they didn't see, but they did see this box score that Tennessee somehow lost to the shitty Giants at home. Of course, the line's going to fucking go up, but there's already some sharp money coming in, pushing this down to nine and a half in a couple different books. So go grab Tennessee. Grab them at the 10 points right now. I actually really like Tennessee in this game. They always match up well with Buffalo. And Josh Allen is literally the NFL version of Bo Nix. He can be the best thing you've ever seen. Um, He can be the worst thing you've ever seen. All at the same time. I don't co-sign on that, but yeah, I get your point. Well, I mean, he, he looked great against the Rams, and he looked terrible on several series. When does Bo Nix look great? Oh, there's, sir! Don't you, don't you dare come on I mean, this podcast. I think he's on his, I think he's on his third college football team. So I, and he's had moments on all of. Well, not yet, not yet at Oregon uh-huh. State yeah. or wherever he's at now. But yeah, but can't keep up. But he's had moments. He's had moments on all of them. Uh, he's had some great moments at Auburn, mm-hmm. or he yeah. did have. Anyway, moving on. Last game, last game. Those <clears throat> goddamn dirty Philadelphia Eagles are at home. And they are two-point home favorites versus the Minnesota Vikings. Yep, we got primetime cousins, and we have lots and lots of love for Minnesota. And like I said before, I'm just too clairvoyant. I was a year early on Minnesota. We'll see. We'll see. I still don't think they're going to win that division, but everybody is acting like they are the division darlings right now. Uh, Everybody's down on Green Bay after one week and way up on Minnesota. Things Man, it sounds make- like a repeat from last year, doesn't it? Yes, I'm not picking them. I'm just, I'm, I'm actually, I'm leaning Philly here. I think this is a mismatch in the trenches, um, a little bit. Although I do like Minnesota. I mean, they're they're, they're a really good team, but this 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 line is low, and um, I just the prime time man. <laughs> this is not the spot for Cousins. Uh, things can get a little dicey. And do you want your money on Kirk Cousins in prime time? Late in the game, that's tied. Eh, I think I'm going to lean the other way. Well, I mean, if it got to that point and you gave me Kirk Cousins or, you know, Hurts, I, I might lean Cousins. However, the look headline on this was two and a half. It's down to two. I see it down to one and a half at one book. Uh, I don't understand. I mean, I understand they did beat Green Bay at home. But, I mean, Philadelphia went on the road. Or, no, they were at home, weren't they? No, it was in Detroit. 
Yeah, so they went on the road and literally was leading by double digits for the majority of that game and handled their business against a lesser team, as they should have. Now, Minnesota kicked the shit out of Green Bay, but we saw New Orleans do the same thing week one. In fact, I think uh, I heard a stat that the teams, there was like seven teams that did not play a single starter in any of the preseason. Those teams went one and six. Straight up. So that might be something to look forward to. On down the road, boys and girls, for all these coaches to tell you preseason doesn't matter. It <laughs> absolutely does fucking matter. However, to their point, what does one game matter out of 17 if you're expected to be a really good team? So if you're expected to win double-digit games, now, could it cost you home field? Sure. Could it cost you maybe a division? Possibly. But... Again, in the long run, that, that's one of those things they have to weigh. That's over my fucking pay scale for sure. But they definitely do not perform well in week one, and we will track that going forward. However, what we do have a lot of data on is Kirk Cousins of prime time, 11-17 and 17 ATS all time. So it's just a losing proposition to bet him in this game. And they're coming off a huge high, beating obviously the biggest rivals that they have in the NFL, the one team that they absolutely know that they have to beat to get into the playoffs, and they just did that. Now they're going on the road at Philadelphia. It's a good matchup between two, and I'm I'm as high on Minnesota as I've been in three years. This is the highest I've been. It's the first time I picked them to have a winning record, so I do think they're a good football team. I do believe in the football team this year. However, I don't believe in Kirk Cousins' money night. I've seen it too many fucking times, and he's on the road, so give me those. God damn! Give me those stupid eagles. Minnesota is a uh, is, they're one of the teaser leg smash spots. Just FYI. Well, you better grab them now because they're down to one and a half. So there's there's some fucking uh, some fucking money coming in on those uh, Vikings. Oh yeah. But anyway, boys and girls, that was all. Them wins coming to the air tonight, baby. It's time that everybody's been waiting for. It's time for those free. I said picks of the week. Lay it on them, baby. Yeah. And uh, before I give this out, my apologies to the free picks last week of all the teasers. Apparently in week one, teaser legs just do not like to hit whatsoever. They all shit the fucking bed. Uh, But we're going to make it up this week with a money line parlay. And I'm taking all the fucking sounders and big dick picks and and all the good stuff that I took in the on the pod, podcast we just recorded. So four game money line parlay with Jacksonville, New Orleans, Carolina, and Philadelphia Eagles to wrap it up on Monday night. That four team money line parlay pays you twenty to one, and we all do the money dance. Hell. Yeah, we do. <laughs> All right, for your college free pick of the week, I got those mean green North Texas Eagles. Plus two and a half. The Eagles love to run the ball on their 59th ranked team in in the country overall EPA so far. UNLV, who they are going to, is 93rd. The bottom line is the mean green Eagles are the better football team. While they're catching two and a half points, I don't know. But they won't be by fucking Saturday, so you better jump on it now. They will win this game, so do not be afraid to sprinkle some on that money line. And as a bonus, best bet, let's swing big, baby. Let's go pizza money parlay on UNT money line and the men of Troy. 
on the money line, clipping those fucking App State Mountaineers after their game of the fucking decade, after they <laughs> walked into fucking College Station and beat the shit out of A&M. Oh, yeah. That two-game money line parlay pays you nine and a half to one on a two-gamer, baby. Let's oh. fucking go. I love it. I fucking love it. All right, Longhorn, tell them about that fabulous website one more time. All right, you glory hole seekers. That's going to wrap up another award-winning episode of the Football Glory Hole Podcast. We thank each and every one of you for tuning in. Y'all come back to the sports patio next week, and don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating so we can pay those bills. We give out free picks on our website, on our podcast, and also on our social media platforms so people stop being sports stupid and use them all. But more importantly, sign up for those premium picks at our website so that we may become partners for life and both see us, as always, in a mostly non-sexual way. People, stop throwing away your hard-earned money on a guessing game. Let the pros do the heavy lifting. So sign up, tell a friend, and join in on the fun of watching football, drinking beer, and never pay a bookie again. God damn it, people never pay a bookie again. Steven Tyler, take us out, baby!